Hi, it's John Paul. Welcome to another bonus edition of the Car Doctor podcast. This time we're going to be talking to Craig Van Battenberg, the owner of ACDC Automotive Training. They specialize in hybrid and battery electric vehicle training, and they're located in Worcester, Massachusetts. In this conversation, we're going to talk about is the aftermarket really ready to repair electric vehicles? And with me for this series is Craig Van Battenberg. He runs and started ACDC, a school that trains technicians how to fix hybrid and electric vehicles. Craig, good day and welcome to this car conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, in uh, the year 2035, I guess, everybody seems to think we're going to be fully electric by that point. Um, although there is a little bit of pushback, it seems like these days, but I like to think that in maybe the next 20 years, a gasoline car may be as rare as one with the clutch pedal today. Uh, but, uh, certainly these cars are still going to require repairs, whether they're traditional mechanical repairs, like brakes and ball joints or, uh, repairs to the electric motors, uh, and the battery packs. You're, you specifically run a school that specializes in teaching people how to fix hybrid and electric cars. Do you think the aftermarket's ready to fix these um, battery electric cars? I think they'll get ready. Um, there's, I think, and you can correct me, I think there's eight or 900,000 technicians in the United States that do some type of repair from a bus down to a motorcycle. And we have a program called our Qualified Chuck Program. And consumers can go to hybridshoplocator.com to find out more about that, where they can find a shop. So it really depends on the shop owner's attitude. If they feel that their company is going to be passed on to their kids, quite often they will call me and say, you know, I don't really care for these cars, but I want to keep stay in business. So let's go ahead and start some training with you. Now, 21 years ago, I bought a Honda Insight. This is not new technology. This is t- over 20 years in the United States, a little longer in Japan. But if you're pretty good at fixing conventional cars, you, know, you can run a scan tool and you understand the codes, I mean, you're pretty well-versed, what I call a 12-volt technician, then leaping into hybrids is difficult because you've got two powertrains, you got the whole gasoline powertrain and electric. But most everybody works on a Prius to some degree because they're everywhere. Once you take the gasoline engine out and go pure electric, it actually gets easier. But right now, I have a Nissan Leaf that's 2011, so that's 10 years old. We have a Chevy Volt 2011, that's 10 years old. We leased a Chevy Bolt with a B B O L T pure electric Chevy for three years. The lease was so cheap, good car. Just turned it in before the recall. And then we just purchased a Kia Nero EV, kind of under the radar, pure electric car. So we do a lot with it here. Um, I don't think it's beyond a technician's capabilities at all to do all the work. I think what will happen is as our technicians ages getting into the 50s, I believe, I think ASA has some reports on that. I think as the maintenance becomes less, repairs become less, which I think is absolutely going to happen. If we're lucky, the technicians that are my age or a bit younger will just slowly retire and get out and we won't need as many technicians as we used to have. And hopefully it'll all kind of fit together where gas eventually goes away. But in New England, Mother Rust takes care of a car. Usually within 15 years, they're not worth fixing. Other parts of the country, my sister lives in Tucson. You can see a 1956 pickup truck still running around. It doesn't have rust on it. So it depends on where you live. The cost is going to be expensive to repair them. 
and there'll still be things that wheel bearings will wear out. And like you said, ball joints, brakes, of course, don't wear out very quickly because of regenerative braking. Uh, there's no gas tank. There's no oil changes. There's a lot less maintenance. That's for sure. But I think the industry will be fine um, if we have enough young people that come in. We're right next to Worcester Vocational Technical High School, literally five minutes away. I've hired two of their graduates and they've been working for me since they graduated in June, but both of them want to be engineers. So I'm losing them at least from a full-time job to part-time. And the young people I speak to, which are many, they really don't want to fix the car. They want to design them. They have this entrepreneur to go out and work for General Motors and design the next car, maybe one that drives on Mars. Uh, we'll see how that works out. Um, so I, I think your answer is we'll, we'll be okay. It's yeah. Not- yeah, it's interesting as older technicians are getting out of the business and some younger people ask me from time to time, is it a good business to get into? Because it seems like nobody wants to get into the business. And my answer is there are 300 million cars on the road in the United States, 350 million cars on the road in the United States. And if nobody wants to get into the business, what a great business to be in because now, now all of a sudden you're going to have more business than you know what to do with. Now, when you brought up the good point that as these electric cars require less repairs, maybe that's going to kind of take care of the technician shortage at the same time. Have you found that with your training, and I was talking to somebody who teaches people how to drive a tractor trailer, Mm -hmm. and they said the younger people get in, they're great at it. The older people that are looking for that second job, they've done something for 40 years and they decided it. 60 years old, they want to go drive a tractor trailer. They're not good at it. Um, they can't adapt as well. Have you found there's any difference in age? Do younger technicians adapt more easily to repairing electric vehicles and hybrid vehicles than older technicians? I think the actual nuts and bolts is exactly the same. But when it comes to reprogramming a computer or using some sophisticated equipment, it's a bit intimidating for technicians, say, 55 or older. We didn't grow up with it. And so I think it's it's less intimidating. So the younger technicians that I train are more willing to jump right in. And the older ones are more willing. They kind of sit back and watch the young ones do it. The actual work itself is getting easier because computers are getting easier. Scan tools are getting easier to work. Some of the equipment that I had to use back in the 90s when I was fixing cars, Hondas and Toyotas is what we specialized in, an old scan tool, a MasterTech scan tool had a lot of buttons on it. I bought a Fluke Scope, a Fluke 98. Technicians, if they're listening to this, will know that. I could barely make it work. It reminds me of when I tried to learn how to play the trombone in the seventh grade. I blew through the instruments for like two weeks before a note came out. Um, So to answer your question directly, young people adapt faster. They have skills we don't have, mostly around computers and software and programming, but you can learn it. I think the older technicians just get tired of it. This is a hard business to be in. Um, I think younger people will do it when they when they can equate a social cause with their work. The average age of my employee, believe it or not, right now is 21 years old. We have nine colleges in Worcester, so I have all college students except one who just graduated. That's our entire staff. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I have contract trainers that come in and help me teach. They're between 35 and 50. These are shop owners or technicians that work at shops that come in and and they help me teach on weekends. I may take a day off of work. 
So there's really two different levels. There's the more experienced ones, which you need to have because breaking bolts in a rusty old car is not, it's not good. You still need a young mind that's more creative or more, I shouldn't say creative, more adapting to the technology. They've seen it. They've grown up with all this stuff. So yeah, just, it, yeah, it really is. It really is true. You're, when yeah. you said the older, sometimes more experienced technician, uh, like you said, uh, a younger person, if they snap off a bolt, yeah. might not quite know what to do, where right. an older person may simply weld a nut on top of that yeah. bolt and crank it out and you or know, maybe it just won't break it at all. Yeah, yeah, I won't break it at all. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. More desire. As a former shop owner, you want your day to go smooth. And, you know, it doesn't go smooth. It never really goes smooth. But it's a difficult job. You have high cost of labor. You have high, high capital costs. So you need a big building, a huge parking lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. You need a lot of expensive equipment. So everything around any business that you don't want, we have all of it. Expensive labor, which they deserve to make a lot of money. You have to be really smart to fix a car, a huge facility that needs permits and licensing and parking lots and then all this equipment and you're constantly replacing it. So no wonder labor rates are high. You know, yeah. 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 And as is it when it comes to training a technician to work on a hybrid or a battery electric vehicle, is it good that they have the basics down first so they you know, and I'm not talking about knowing how to how an ignition coil works and that, you know, 40 years ago, points opens and closed and magnetic fields collapsed. But <laughs> is it good that they have some sort of basics down first before they go into electric vehicles? Or would it be better off if they woke up in the future when everything was electric and they said, I want to get a job and the only thing they the only thing out there is electric? Well, I think the first part of your question is more accurate. We have a thousand square foot facility. I'm in my old repair shop and we lease 4,000 more feet to the body shop. So I unfortunately had to tell the body shop it's time to leave. So we're expanding from a thousand to 5,000 square feet simply because of demand. Since Biden got in, more electric cars are going to be sold in the United States. So it's good for us. So to answer your question, there's a company in the Netherlands called Electu. They call it Electuda, which is used in colleges. So we work with them and we will take and do a lot of online training. Excuse me, one second. <clears throat> a lot of online training for inexperienced technicians before they come in. So the average technician that comes in, average technician that comes in to work with us has to pass certain skill level before they're allowed in the door. Some of it's for safety. Some of it's because it's easier for me to teach someone who already has a big frame of reference. So a quick example, there's no 12 volt starter motor on a Prius. So I have to take the 12 volt starter motor part of their brain and say, don't use this, it won't work. Hmm. But I can build a technician literally in seven days, do a class called up your voltage, seven days long. There's 35 hours of online training before you show up. About five hours with me personally before you show up. Three books to read. So that's about 50 hours before you show up here. 50 more when you're here, it's 100 hours of training. That's a fully experienced technician and about 100 hours can get a grip on this stuff. And then, of course, when they go back, I tell the employer, bury these men and women into hybrids, start marketing. So when they go back from spending a week with us and all that training, it's been a lot of money, start working on it. Because actually, every technician's learning all the time. A new model comes out at a Chevy dealership, then the, the technician in the Chevy dealership, technician has to relearn that car. And there's various changes. As far as entry level is concerned, 
our expansion is to go back to what ACDC was. Back in the 90s, we were an emissions repair training facility for the state of Mass. We did basic training, really, electrical, gas analysis. So we're going back to that. So we can bring in young people for a week from all over the country, put them upstairs, we're at a hill here, the upstairs part will be basic training. And I have two trainers ready to go do that for me because I can't keep up with teaching the technology on electric cars unless I have a good quality student to come in and teach them. So starting from the beginning is hard. I don't think that's gonna work. I think we'll take the existing group of technicians that we have and retrain them. Well, that's the same. Steering is the same. Suspension is the same. Braking is really the same, only a computer steps on the brakes. For you. There's a lot of commonality. Yeah, we- it, it, it is. And one of the, I guess going back to my original question, is the aftermarket ready and should consumers feel comfortable that they're going to be able to get their electric cars fixed? Yes and no. If you live in the middle of Wyoming, I don't have anybody out there to help you. I grew up in Ogden, Utah. So I'm not originally from Massachusetts, although I've lived here since I was a teenager. So there's certain parts of the country that are either resistant, or there's just not enough fibers to make a business case. But certainly in every metropolitan area, and that's, we're not the only training company, there's many places to learn this. If you're still young, you can take a two-year college course in electric and hybrid cars. Not many colleges, but some have it going. And if you're older, you need to find, you know, some training with a parts company or us or someone that can do something quick. So yes and no. New England is full of hybrid training, not only because we're located here in Massachusetts. We have a lot of customers who drive in. Vermont, we just opened three shops in Vermont recently. They become qualified shops. We've trained them. They have to have a certain amount of equipment to be involved. They get tech support. And we do a little bit of marketing for them as well. They become kind of attached to us. Not a franchise, just more a support system for them. So I think we'll get there. But before you buy any car, because I ran a shop fixing Hondas and Toyotas, and people would come in and they bought maybe a Mitsubishi. And we didn't really work on it, but we tried to help them. And I would often say to consumers, before you buy a car, find the shop that's going to work with you. Find out what they work on. Find out what's, what's a good shop in your area. So if you like uh, Subarus, but there's nobody that works on Subarus other than dealership, and you don't like that dealership, don't buy a Subaru. Buy some other all-wheel drive car where you can get service. I think that's just good advice for anybody. But they don't do that. They buy a red car because it's red and it has two cup holders and they love it. They that's fall right. in love. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, looking looking at this and, and knowing kind of a little bit of where the direction is going to go, I think consumers are going to be in, like you said, pretty good shape. But if a young technician or, or a kind of mid middle-aged technician is watching this Mm -hmm. um, and the leaf is kind of a bargain used vehicle right now, as much as any used car is a bargain. Would you recommend to a a shop owner, go and buy a used leaf, see what makes it work. Well, probably you picked the wrong car for me to suggest. I would have them buy a Chevy Volt V O L T. They're also a bargain. Yep. It has a gas engine. It has the charging system in it. It's just, in my personal opinion, it's a better car. It's also made in America. So I have this feeling, we have a big American flag painted on our building. I, you know, I've evolved over the years <laughs> working on Japanese cars. But I think if you want to attract business, you should really attract people that understand that cars made in the United States are going to, is going to help us as a country. And so 
I'm a big Ford fan. Ford didn't take any bailout money. I, my one of our trainers, Matt LaMontagne, works at Leo and Sons up in Lawrence, yep. just bought a Mustang Mach E. And his wife just had a baby last week. I don't know how those go together. Um, but I've become probably more inclined to go along with our current president that let's get some tax incentive for electric cars if they're made here. I mean, the car I just bought, I bought a Kia Nero. It's made in Korea. Not a bad car. I actually like it. So Leaf, no, I would say no. But I think a Chevy Volt would give you more to think about, more to learn. The Leaf, as you probably know, has a zero cooled battery pack. We have one. There's no cooling. There's not even mm -hmm. a fan or a vent going in there. And there's lots and lots of problems. The Nissan Leaf's great car. It doesn't break down. The check engine light never comes on. I shouldn't say check engine. Check motor light. <laughs> we have a new term for that. Yeah. But the battery pack, we had a young lady who called me from Maryland. I don't know what she's thinking about. She bought a Nissan Leaf for 3,500 bucks, has 11 miles of range left, 11 miles. She never even checked to see what that meant. Nissan wants 10,000 bucks for a battery. So now it'd be a $13,000 car instead of a $3,000 car. It's not a good business decision on her part. Yeah. So at least an oddball. Every yeah. other electric car out there has a cooling system. In it. Everyone has a plug on it, has some type of cooling system. They're all pretty good. Yeah. Nissan Leaf is kind of its own category. Now, to be fair to Nissan, they've got the new SUV coming out. I forget what they call it. It starts with an A, I think. That's all redone. Liquid-cooled battery. They've fixed every little problem they've had. Well, you brought up the cost of $10,000 battery pack in the Nissan yeah. Leaf. Um, yeah. Aftermarket replacement of that battery, a rebuilt battery, would that bring the cost to that yeah. repair down? Well, a little bit. There's a company in New Zealand and a company in Canada that makes kits for independent shops to retrofit a 40 kilowatt or 50 kilowatt, that just means a bigger battery, yep. more miles, into an older Nissan Leaf. The issue right now is finding a used battery pack out of a 2015 or 2017 Leaf. They're so popular, they get purchased immediately. Mm. So your cost, instead of 10,000, might be 8,000, but it's not significantly less. Yeah. You will get more range. So this fellow, Matt LaMontagne, I mentioned, he's doing those retrofits, he's doing those kits. Yeah, no, it's it's certainly uh, the electric vehicle industry has come a long way since my 1972 <laughs> Renault Le Car electric leopard that I used to own. Really, it was powered by 16 six volt golf cart batteries and a uh, yeah. and a uh, uh, electric a generator out of a GE aircraft engine that was spun as an electric motor. So. Um, the, the technology has certainly improved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, uh, if people want more information about your school and yeah. uh, uh, maybe just to chat with you, is there a good way sure. to do that? Yeah, sure. So go to fixfixev.com, fixev.com. When you get there, our homepage, there's a landing page on the left that says find a shop. Click there. That'll bring you to another website, hybrid shop locator. Shoot me an email. Uh, I'm busy. I'm writing a college level textbook. So I tend to not take as many calls as I used to, but we have a great staff here. Like I said, our young staff, they're all college people. They're highly motivated. And I'll just say one more thing about the young people today. And because I work with so many of them, and I'm not that young, right? <clears throat> I said, what is it the older people get wrong? I said two things. One, we like to celebrate everything, which is why we want our birthdays off. And secondly, ask us what we're doing. We'll tell you. And everybody, at least everybody I surround myself with, they want to make a difference in the world. They want a job that impacts something to make the world better. 
because they see the world is pretty messed up right now. And electric cars is what's appealing to them. So my staff, they're interested in climate change, they understand the science, they understand what's happening. And one of my employees, he's only 19, drives an e-golf. Um, and oh, the he's, the one, he's the one that bought that. Yeah, they sold a few. <laughs> exactly. In fact, his father bought it and then bought a Tesla. And so uh, his name is Aiden Neary. Aiden's like my right arm here. Um, so to kind of summarize a little bit, you'll be fine with an electric car. Do your homework. Absolutely. Get in touch with me. I'm happy to do that for you. Uh, there's also a lot of great websites out there. The state of Massachusetts is going to help you buy one. Plug in America. There's a, if you don't know, Volkswagen Diesel's money is now building uh, charging stations. Electrify. I think they just sold it. Electrify America. What happening? Yeah. Well, you might imagine. Uh, there's a lot going on. It's, it's a right now. When I bought my Chevy Volt, B O L T, ten years ago, the ten thousand dollar battery would give me thirty seven miles of range. The Chevy Bolt, B O L T, that same ten thousand dollars now gives you two hundred fifty miles of range. This is eight years later. So in eight years, we went from thirty five miles roughly to over almost three hundred for the same cost. So the batteries are coming along. It's the biggest barrier we have to electric cars is the battery cost the charging times it's coming to everything's getting better yeah good kind no, of buy. absolutely yeah. craig i want to thank you for taking a little time out of your day yeah, and sure. joining us with this uh triple a ev chat okay nice to visit with you again take care